The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're some man, what the rock is talking. What it is, what it do, welcome to the One Fall Podcast. It is the 2021 wrestling year in review where we still had a pandemic. We had the forbidden door open. We had one door close and send a lot of people into unemployment all over the place. It was a crazy year. There was lots of highs, and again, like we mentioned, some unfortunate lows, but at the end of the day, it was another rememberable year for 2021. We had fantastic comebacks we never saw. We had historic moments in ring that we thought we'd never see. All that to kind of come together for 2021 in professional wrestling. We have myself on the pod, Joshua Adam William Arbuthnot, the voice of the University of Calgary Dinos, the State Trojans, Canada Soccer, and many other uh, tribute broadcasts, including the Fresh Take Network, right here on We Talk Podcast, brought to you by Manscaped. We have the ultimate babyface, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? And we have the crown prince of charisma, the fantasy football champion, the one and only Martin. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the fantasy football champion because uh, beating Joel in the semifinals, then you in the finals, uh, I, I would definitely be talking about it. Yeah, I, 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 I won't shy away from it. So uh, it was a fantastic year, gents, and we're going to start off with best on the microphone. Last year, it was a clean sweep. Uh, Eddie Kingston across the board. Mon, you are the champion. You are the futurist. You start us off, sir. Well, looking at the past this past year, I, I got to go with Dan Lambert. I think, oh. Dan Lambert's, I think Dan Lambert's a hell of a, a hell of a promo. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere for me. I know he worked in Impact, but I never watched it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, Dan Lambert impressed me an awful lot. He definitely, you know, whether he'd be up in the sky or he'd be on the aisle, he made you care. Uh, about Scorpio Sky and and Page at times when you know they did find a promo, but he added them to another level. So yeah. Dan Lambert coming from that MMA world as well, and we've we've seen a mix, right, of coming from the MMA world to the wrestling world of promo styles. Yeah, some of them work, some of them don't. He works. I mean, who knows? You can tell he's in loves wrestling. He's a wrestling fan, old school. You can tell. Yeah, and it comes through on the mic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joel, where are you going? Uh, I'm going with uh, the biggest asshole in professional wrestling and by and large the biggest shit disturber. Uh, it is without a doubt Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who the first time I saw him at the all in buy in, I was like, eh, he seems okay. And now he's probably the key pillar to AEW. And I certainly hope this bidding war of 2024 does not lead him down the path of WWE because I don't think he'll be able to cross the lines the way he does in AEW. And boy, does he cross the lines. But 
he killed it all year. He was great. And he definitely left a mark every time he touched that microphone. I'm going to have to agree with Joe and go with MJF as well. Uh, just makes you hate him and love him. And he, he, the one problem I would say with MJF and it's a good problem. He is crossing that level of being such a good heel that you love him. It's, <laughs> it's that borderline where it's, it, it's hard to kind of come back from that sometimes Miz, Miz hit this, and not to do the Miz and MGF comparison, but Miz hit this point for a while where he was getting to that. We know Jericho has gotten to that point as well. He's at that point right now where he's such a good shit disturber that you can't hate but love him. I mean, we kind of saw it this past week in New Jersey. No, it's from 2022, but when people were chanting PG Punk just because they're starting to get behind the promos that MGF does. He's done a very good job as... Uh, I think he it'll just be a natural babyface turn for him. It won't yeah. be a they'll be forced or rammed down anyone's throat. I think it'll naturally occur. But I definitely think he's world champion at some point this year. I think you're right. Uh, next up, we move to best announcer. Last year, I picked Samoa Joe. Yikes. Uh, Joel picked Tony Schiavone and Martin picked Chris Jericho. Joel? Oh, I, it's, it's a combination for me. It is Excalibur and Taz. They just work well together. Taz has been great. Excalibur is super knowledgeable. Uh, even just Excalibur on his own, he works very well. He definitely helps elevate the people around him. And Taz has been a, an excellent gem on there. And I mean, the thing with him is he got to call his, uh, his son's debut, which, and he did a phenomenal job on that. It's just, I think he's done a great job for them. So Taz Excalibur for me. Uh, Martin? I got, uh, actually, I also got Taz. I like what he does. I like when he's announcing it, the way he analyzes it, it feels like a real sport. I appreciate that. So that Taz is my guy here. Taz is pretty good. Uh, Excalibur is pretty good. I'm going in a direction where I just go with a guy that can pretty much get away with whatever he wants to. And he's not only one of the top tier broadcasters in professional wrestling right now, I think he's one of the top tier broadcasters in sport. And I'm going with Pat McAfee, who just consistently, every time I watch anything he does, he can get away with anything he wants to. He can bring up, he brings up great points as a broadcaster. He can add a real life sports element. And there's not really any SmackDown or pay-per-view that he does that doesn't make me laugh. All right. Someday we'll have to have the Pat McAfee discussion, but not today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going with, uh, with Pat McAfee uh, for my broadcaster of the year. Uh, next up, we have... Best non-wrestling performer. Uh, last year, I went with Taz. And Martin, you went with Taz. Joel, you went with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Martin, where are you going in this one? Uh, so, I mean, kind of already have you know, flashed my hand to you guys here on yeah, this one. Because I'm going back to Dan Lambert. I mean, if he's the best promo of the year, and that's basically all he does, he's the best non-wrestling performer as well. Even yeah. though he did have the one match. Yeah, I, I, I would allow Mr. Dan Lambert on that one for sure. Uh, Joel, where are you going? Uh, I'm going with uh, the hype man uh, for one belt collector, Kenny Omega, Don Callis. I nice. thought he did such a great job just 
helping make the Bucks and Kenny extra slimy, extra greasy, just really just being carny pieces of shit. I thought he did a fantastic job in his role when he was needed there. And there were a lot of good moments with him just being a shit, which is what you need from a guy like Don Callis. Yeah, absolutely. All the reason I, I also went with Dan Callis and pretty much all the reasons that uh, that Joel labeled. He just, he, and even with the Christian buildup, I like what they did with the Christian buildup. They found a connection there. That was a match that kind of, we don't know if it was supposed to happen or not. Obviously, Heyman had his kid and maybe that derailed plans a little bit, but they made that promo work and had the connection there. And even though Kenny's a good mouthpiece, he added the sleaziness to the elite that I think they could add on their own, but he just added to another level having Don Callis with them. Next up, we have most improved. Uh, last year, I went with Roman Reigns. Uh, Joel, you went with Tai Chi. And Martin went with Jeff Cobb. Joel, where are you going? Uh, I am torn right now. There are two names on my list. Uh, most improved for me is a coin toss between Miro and uh, Malachi Black. You look at where they both were at the start of the year. Miro with the friend get, uh, friend with uh, Kip Sabian, Black in WWE, and just the way they were both handled. And then at some point, one got released and came in, and he's been incredible. He has a great presence about him. And the other one's just cutting killer program uh, promos. Uh, the the, the stuff with the with God has just been incredible with Miro. And he had a great run with the TNT title. It's really a coin toss between either one of those for me because it's both of them have improved from where they were from January 1st all the way to December 31st. But which one are you going with? I am going to... I'm going to go with Miro. Miro has a title run, so I think that gives him the edge. But it's really a coin toss between either or. I'm going with Matt Cardona. Good choice. It's, it's a guy that, you know, we saw him get released and went to AEW, and he didn't really impress any of us. And I don't think any of us were talking about him on a worst list or anything. We're just like, oh, that's just kind of a guy that he is what we thought he was. He's he's fine. He's WWE style. He'll go to promotions and he'll do okay. And this is the guy that's on the precipice going into 2022. He's probably going to be an Impact champion. Got married, so great end to the year, start to the year, whatever it was with the New Year's wedding there, and just made a name for himself. You listed the most influential, important wrestlers of 2021. At the minimum, he's in the top 15 of last year. He improved his in-ring style. He improved his promo to show that he can be a top guy in this industry. So I'm going with Matt Cardona. No, great choice. I mean, uh, Matt, we've been waiting for him to reach his potential for years. Yeah. So, you know, it's good to see him do it. So I, I'm going with Ty Conte because nice. I, I just think good that pick. the, uh, good pick. I think the improvement she's shown since leaving WWE is just amazing. And, uh, you know, she didn't look like she was ever going to be anything over there. No. Um, and she has improved a lot, a lot. She had a great year. She's a top contender now. She's an established star. I think she's a, a great name for her, most improved. Next up is best comeback. Huh? This is a tough one, guys. Uh, last uh, year, <laughs> I did MVP, Joel did Eddie, and Martin did Eddie. Are we just going to be unanimous on this one? No, we're not. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm just started. For me, it's CM Punk. Martin, I'm guessing you're going CM Punk as well? CM Punk, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, just I don't think I kind of got to the point. I'll let you make your points in a second here, Martin. I got to the point I didn't think it was going to happen. I kind of had given up. I just figured it was a guy that was happy doing his MMA stuff, happy doing his uh, his movie stuff, and that he was just kind of over the world of professional wrestling and probably one of the most memorable comebacks that we've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. And, you know, maybe his first matches have been a little bit shaky, but uh, still an undeniable comeback that we're never going to forget. Uh, Morton? Yeah, it's, it's really one of those few things. It's very rare to have something that you can say that really made people happy. Yeah. That really made people happy when he came back, including himself. It so I, I definitely think it's, you know, easy, easy choice. Joel? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Sting. I think Sting huh. has actually been, you just hear the crowd when Sting's out there and, you know, with, with actually being able to have more of a crowd this year and being able to be around them, you're getting that full impact of what Sting has meant across the history of pro wrestling. And this guy probably shouldn't really be in the ring, but he's there and he's a draw. People love seeing Sting and those moments that he has been in the ring have been impactful for AEW. It has drawn eyeballs. CM Punk has drawn more, but I wanted to be a little bit different on this one. And I wanted to go with Sting because I wanted to give Sting a little bit of love because I've really enjoyed what Sting has done and what he's brought to AEW. And it's something that when you have these old veterans around, AEW just handles it better than WWE and Sting's a prime example of that. And there's no, I'm not saying you guys are wrong with your punk. You guys are probably more right with your punk picks. Yeah, But just, just <laughs> looking at this, I think, I think what Sting has brought to AEW has been invaluable and something that is a little shocking that he's still able to do what he's doing at his age. I think that's the other thing is him being older and still being able to provide uh, at least a serviceable hand in ring. And I don't think he's gone out of his way to bury anyone that he's worked with. I think he's helped elevate. And I mean, you look at that triple threat that they had, with uh, MJF and the uh, FTR versus Sting, Punk, and uh, Darby. And you looked at how happy Punk was, and you looked at how ha- happy Sting was. And I think that you look at that and you go, this is, this is, this is great. I'm having fun with this. Uh, next up, we have Best Gimmick. Uh, Martin, you went with Orange Cassidy. Joel, you went with Hangman. And I went with the Tribal Chief. Joel, where are you starting on this one? Uh, I'm actually going to GCW and I'm going to the deathmatch king of Matt Cardona. That's mine as well. I think he, he created a ton of buzz. And from that clip where it looked like it was Moxley about to attack, uh, Nick Gage, and it turned out to being Matt Cardona and everything he did, the t-shirts, the hype he built, it was a short run. And even Matt has said himself, they thought this wouldn't get to the level it did. And it, it sure shit did. So it, it was a short run, but it was memorable enough that you're going to go, oh, this is when that was the launching point for Matt Cardona is having this point. And if he really starts to take off, that will be the moment that you go, this is when he finally kind of figured it out and put it together. Everything he did on social media, taking the belt to Disney World, coming out dressed as Macho King, all the w- wearing the Vince McMahon ECW attire, he he knew exactly what he was doing with that GCW crowd and they ate it up and booed him and hated it. And it was fantastic. Martin. Yeah. See, I, and that's an excellent choice, but I'm going with a guy. It's just, it's not the most complicated gimmick, 
It's that he does it so incredibly perfectly that it's the best gimmick out there for me. And that is MJF. So MJF is getting a little love for nice. me here. I, I just think MJF, the guy lives his gimmick. He lives it all the time, apparently. You see him out of, he's never out of character. And, uh, you know, just so perfect as a, as that disgusting, slimy MJF. All right. Um, we're going to skip some of these other categories. We're going to come back to them this year. We're going to change it up. So we're not going to do match, feud, best angle, best pay-per-view. We will do best promotion, which this has to be our first clean sweep, correct? <laughs> yes. Joel, are you going to have any objection to this being the different no, clean sweep? No, this is a clean sweep. I, yeah, this I, is AEW. I don't, I don't know how you can look at the landscape of professional wrestling and go, which had more harder pay-per-views, had more hotter moments, had more buzz than AEW. They eclipsed everyone. And that includes New Japan. That includes uh, WWE. And they lapped WWE quite a few times. They yep. just had an incredible year. Now the pressure's on for them to have another incredible year. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. But at that same token, I think they have, uh, they've, they've crushed it this year. And, and just on a similar note, just to kind of save us some time in talking about the Wayne thing, the next category is best show. Is it a clean sweep for everyone in Dynamite as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, just to kind of kill two birds with one stone for everybody. Morton, you have the floor. No, I mean, there's nothing really that left to say. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, that's the promotion that is generates all the buzz. It won't, it's not just us voting for this. I mean, you'll see it in pretty much every year-end awards show or podcast or you know newsletter or whatever you're going to see dynamite and you're going to see aw at the top of the list right um breakout star next year um did you guys have any for this i do i i i have jade cargill Mm. Um, now that she's the tbs champion she's been presented really well she has tons of charisma i think the level of star she is one year from now will be much bigger than what she is today and see, I take your AEW women's division and I go to the same thing with someone that was involved in a match with her and I see it in Red Velvet. Mm. Uh, yeah, Red I, Velvet has tons of potential as well. Yeah, I, in, that, in that Shaq-Cody match, which had, was better than it had any right to be. And well, Jade was the center of that and I see a lot of potential in Jade. You can say she's China 2.0. I think she's just Jade 1.0. She's going to do great things. But in the TBS title on her was the right key. Red Velvet was kind of thrown in there, right? Because I believe that's like a few weeks before that was when Brandy got uh, pregnant. She didn't know that she was going to be. And so Red Velvet kind of just got thrown into that. And she took great advantage of being in that spotlight in a match with Shaq, where that was a lot of first time AEW watchers, right? They knew that Shaq was in there. Like, okay, I want to see Shaq wrestle. What's going on? And that was one of the first big viral moments outside of just professional wrestling this year was that match that had Jade and red velvet in it, right. Was when Shaq went through the table and people were going back and you could see it from the YouTube views. I think it's one of the top five feud videos on YouTube this year. And the clip when it was on, uh, on TBS, I think it bumped up to like 4 million within two hours. So people got a chance to see Jade and they got to see red and every single moment she's had since then, She's been able to showcase herself. She hasn't got the big push. 
I had debated putting Serena Deeb in this as well with what she's done, but she's just a little bit older. So, and that reason I didn't put Serena Deeb in it. Velvet's a little bit younger and she has a look, she has the promo, she has the in-ring skills. So I expect a big jump for her coming up. Last year, by the way, um, I picked Asuka. That was terrible. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Joel picked Brody Lee. Uh, Not... I, I think maybe that was more sentimental because I believe this was after it, it passed. And then uh, more and you picked Jay White. So not particularly any great picks for us last year. Jay White, probably the best, obviously, of them all. Yeah, but even he didn't have the year he could have had due to, yeah. you know, yeah. the situation. Yeah. Uh, Joel, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Dante Martin. I think, I think we've seen what the kid can do, and he's freaking human highlight reel. And I think you're just going to see more of him. I think he's going to grow, and I think he'll have a really good 2022. Nice. All right. So Dante Martin. Next up is the shocker of the year. We changed this. This used to be what the was the shit sandwich award, uh, kind of the humbling award for us here. Uh, last year, uh, Joel and myself both picked the Dark Order, and Martin uh, he picked Bailey. Um, who are you eating shit on this year, Joel? Uh, well, I don't know who I'm really eating shit on. I don't know who proved me wrong. I'm trying to think. Maybe come back to me. Mon? Yeah, this is, this is a tough category. I always forget about this one, actually. I kind of um, wanted to change this uh, this year, to be honest. Because I, I had one that we hadn't really used before, and I've used it in my television and my sports one, and I feel like it would be better here now if you guys wanted me to change this this uh, this award over. Okay. To best moment, which I'm surprised you've never had that. No, that's interesting. So best moment. Uh, that's that's got to be when we heard that music in the United Center, and the crowd I, went crazy. I have a different moment. <laughs> and he but... jumped in. He jumped yeah. into the crowd. Yeah. yeah. The moment that he jumped more... into the crowd, that that's the moment. I have a different one, but is that both of your guys's? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys talk about it quick before I get to mine. Uh, I did, I watched that clip before I got on the show. Like that's one yeah. of my all time favorite. I remember watching that live and it being just surreal. So cool. Uh, and just like fans were crying. Like that's what he meant. Uh, he got fans crying and just the love and passion that he had in the United center it was incredible. And I, he seems to be having so much damn fun, but that moment just, it, it was the best. It was the peak of this year. I think that was a fantastic moment and no doubt. And it, it, this was razor thin. I'm going something a little bit like there was two moments that made me very emotional and now I cry. Uh, and it was this moment and it was Sasha and Belair main eventing. Yeah, uh, together and just Sasha trying to be a heel and she could not hide her emotions. And then when Bianca started getting emotional, she couldn't hide her emotions. And just the idea of two black women main eventing a WrestleMania was unheard of even two years ago. Uh, and being able to see that historic moment and just, you know, being around, you know, some of my friends in the black community and, and hearing from them the last few days and asking that question because I, I did think we had this as a category but we didn't 
Uh, and we, we talked about this in the television side as well and just how much that meant to them. And almost the level of, if you guys remember with the Kofi thing, when they had like Titus and MVP and all of them watching Kofi win and how much that meant to them. It was on this, was on a similar level, seeing Sasha and Bianca main event in that, in that, and this wasn't even just the first two black women. This was the first two set of two African-American people main eventing a WrestleMania moment that meant a lot for the black community to have that moment. CM Punk moment, absolutely up there. I had chills and something I'm never going to forget. And this is, this was a razor thin thing between these two things. And this just because of the historical side of it is the only reason it edged it out for me. Can't disagree with your saying. Uh, It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have the biggest story of the year. Last year was COVID. Uh, We could very well go to the same thing again this year, Um, (laughs) but we're going to stay away from COVID. Uh, To me, it's WWE cuts slash sale question mark. That's actually my story of the year as well. Uh, I didn't think, I didn't think anybody else would have that as the story of the year, but my story, the WWE cuts because nothing consistently made news as often as the WWE cuts and our jaws dropping at who was cut next. And it was just, and you know, we've, we've leaked in here, you know, we did this a little bit, this pod later than we normally do it and now doing it in 2022. So the leak over here of having names like William Regal, Joe again, and having Dave Kapoor, um, I don't know if you guys have heard, I, I think her name is Michelle Power. Have you heard the Michelle Power story? No. Okay. So just to get people extra pissed off at WWE today, um, <laughs> this was a woman that was an executive. Uh, she got COVID during the Christmas break. She had moved down to NXT Florida to work with WWE. Uh, she had COVID over the Christmas break. Christmas was ruined. She, had, she has a child, just got her child down there and everything like that. Um, and her child just started her first day of school the day that they cut her. So, wow. You, yeah. you, you look at that, and I think my, my story of the year is cuts, the gutting of NXT, and just, just how those two things married together. Because You could even just do WWE Financial. Realistically, yeah, it, yeah, it really is WWE Financial, because all this yeah. is, 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 all this is, is money. Well, a friend of mine called them shareholder entertainment now instead of WWE. Shareholder entertainment is their new nickname. It really is. I, I debated making the worst wrestler of the year, Nick Khan, to be honest. <laughs> Just because, like, you know, you're hearing Meltzer and others talk about, like, people are like, oh, these are Vince's decisions. These are all Nick Khan. And after the NXT cuts this weekend, yeah, I know this is not a 2021 thing, but it bleeds into everything. It's just there's a lot of uncomfortable people at Titan Towers right now, especially after the Regal thing and the Dave Kapoor one, because Regal had been with the company for 22 years. Dave Kapoor had almost been with the company for 15 years. These are these are people. Scott Armstrong had been with the company forever. Road Dog has been with the company forever. You know, you let go of wrestlers, and that's terrible. Now you're releasing people that were pillars and integral to the developmental of young talent uh, and people that were in, in, integral to the office that have been there for a while. And, you know, you're having people like Meltzer say that these are just not things Vince would ever do, that he was loyal to these people. So this is a lot of Nick Khan stuff and he's brought his own people into the office now. And we're starting to see more and more of that and more people get uncomfortable about everything that's surrounding it. 
and and we know that these these cuts aren't done. No, you know people, we'll see some now. Shawn Michaels we'll was trending more, and Shawn Michaels was trending today yeah. because people really think Shawn Michaels could get cut. How? And none of us can say no. None of us can say no to that. No, it's impossible. Yeah. At this point, anything could happen. Like Joel and I played this game when the whenever Ghostbuster when back in November. What were, what were those ones, Joel? Do you remember? Was that that was like the Carrying Cross one and the Keith Lee one? Yeah. And we asked this question, Martin: Who could not be cut? And at this point, I can't tell you that honestly. I guess I would say Roman. Maybe Roman feels like the only guy. Maybe and and, and Randy Orton. Roman, maybe Brock. Um, you can't tell Brock. me Sasha want to get cut. Like I can't say Sasha want to get cut. Well, I mean, with how everything's gone for Sasha on the back half of this year, yeah, I wonder how Flair when I get cut. I yes, Paul. I don't think Becky could be cut, and I don't think Seth Rollins. Like we just don't know anymore. But it's, 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 like, once it's, Regal, once Regal got cut, it changed everyone's opinion. Actually, once I mean, it was once Strowman got cut, I was surprised. Yeah. Once Wyatt got cut, I was like, anything could happen. Yeah. I mean, KO could get cut towards the end of this year. Dude, there's no cut clause on the book. Yeah. Of course, there's never going to be a no cut clause. It'll never happen. No, Vince doesn't believe in it. Yeah. You give up too much power. He doesn't want people. Vince's priority is uh, ideas. And I understand this sometimes within sports in some ways. They don't want, this is what NFL contracts are like, right? They don't want people to get comfortable. They want you to work for that contract, right? It's why, Morton, you'll probably remember this a few years ago when, Washington signed Donovan McNabb to this crazy contract, right? And everyone's like, how did you pay Donovan McNabb that much money? But NFL contracts are more or less like toilet paper in many ways outside of incentives and everything like that. It was something outrageous, like a hundred million, $105 million contract for Donovan McNabb. And realistically with guarantees, it was only a $10 million contract overall. Uh, And that's kind of, and NFL owners always feel like they don't really want to have the idea of no cut clause and no trade clauses because they want players to feel like they're always having to work towards something unlike NHL or NBA contracts or MLB contracts where you're locked in players can do whatever they want to do when they get paid. We've seen that with the Washington Wizards with Davis Bertans had a a great shooting year. And then he's just fallen off the face of the earth. WWE probably wants the same from their athletes as well, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. And it is a little bit strange because they control whether or not that person has a good year to a large degree. Yeah. Because it's yep. depending on whether or not they push them. Yep. It's you know? the difference between an athlete, right? Like yeah, an NBA exactly. player that signs a big contract. Let's just say, look at the Knicks right now with Evan Fournier. He's getting a lot of criticism for his contract. He's had some bigger games lately. He can control his narrative. Evan Fournier exactly. can control his narrative. KO, <laughs> KO can, can go out and bust his ass. AJ can go out and bust his ass, but they can't control what their programs are. No. Look at Matt Cardona. Yeah. Look at, look at, you know, he got himself over. It didn't matter because they weren't going to push him. Yeah. You know, so that's the difference. It's, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Uh, what's the next category? Well, that next year, and this is why I thought about doing it. Uh, Joel, do you have any last comments really quick on the financial side? Well, I think that you look at what this year has been for WWE. And I, I've said it with every time we've talked about these cuts. I don't know how you could sign with WWE long-term. I'd be going to sign there. It would have to be a short-term deal because I would be like, I don't want to commit long time here because 
I mean, Tony Storm left because they basically told her, well, we don't know what we're going to do with you after this. And she was felt like she was going to just sit in catering again. So I can't blame her for wanting to leave. At, at some point, you have to kind of go, do I really want to be there anymore? And I mean, you look at it right now with Tony, they haven't really cut anyone. It sounds like he's going to be letting a few contracts uh, expire this year, uh, which, I mean, you signed that contract, you have that agreement to the end. I, I look at more of these wrestlers as not so much athletes. I don't think the NFL or anything like that is quite as good of a comparable. There is the comparable of the pressure of going out there and actually performing and not slacking off. But to a degree, these are entertainers. These are, this is like a live Shakespearean theater that you have. And while having that threat of a cut looming over your head is one thing, I do think there is some comfortability in knowing, hey, I'm signing this deal. And unless I'm a shithead and do something stupid, I'm going to be here for that term of the contract. So I do think that there, I would much, there's one company I'd rather go to than the other. And I, for the, you know, everyone can sit there and say this isn't something Vince would do. Vince is the one that has the final say on this and has the ability to be like, yes or no. And he has said yes every step of the way. And I think he's letting go of Regal is just incredibly foolish, incredibly, incredibly foolish. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. I, I just think it is absolutely the most consistent story of 2021. And unfortunately it probably will be another, it'll have consistency through this year as well. Well, we'll bring up this when we do our classic roundabout for the 2022 predictions. Next year, we go to Worst Wrestlers of the Year, and Joel gave us this idea as Morton and I had other picks, and we changed them. Joel was scumbags last year, and that was the Morty Scrolls, the, jo- the, the Joey Ryans, the Matt Riddles, all those pieces of shit. Uh, so we want the clean sweep for them as the worst. Uh, this year, we, I think we'll maybe stick to actually bad performers. Joel, where are you going this year? Uh, I think based on his run up to Mania, I'd say it's probably The Fiend. Just... And I think that's partially due to the booking. And it really is, I think anytime we've been given something bad in WWE, I think the performer plays a role in it. And I think behind the scenes play a role in it. And both of them just, just did not work. And you just, that mania match was so weird between Randy and him. Like it was just, it was not good. And just, and spoiler alert, worst female of the year ties in with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the it's a last chance to vote on Nia Jax. We'll get to it. Uh, he, the Fiend was just, it just did not work. Yeah. And they just took something original and flushed it down the toilet and just, it was brutal. So I, I feel bad for Bray, but it's the Fiend. One? Yeah, I, I hate to uh, pile on this guy because he works really hard. Uh, he was awesome at one point, but when he suffered a career-ending injury that he actually somehow came back from, he's never been himself anymore. The guy is in his mid-40s, and and uh, he should retire. He just he hasn't got it. It's pathetic to watch Tamake Hanma, um, mm-hmm. who, of course, had the – really, Hanma had the uh, terrible injury that he suffered uh, in ring that looked like it ended his career uh, about two and a half years ago. So I, I – he hasn't been good since. I've considered nominating him before, but I didn't want to pile on him because it's not really his fault he's no good anymore, but it is his fault that he's continuing to go. 
And uh, yeah, he looks like a million bucks, but he rustles like a bad penny. Good pick. Um, I'm going to go with Braun Strowman. I think there's a reason he got cut. Like, I don't, that one I didn't really disagree with because it got to the point with him. It's like, what do you do in ring? His, his match with Shane, Amania was lacking. He was a one trick pony. He was getting sloppy in the ring. He didn't seem like he started to care anymore, despite giving opportunities to face guys like Tyson Fury and whatnot. And that's one guy, when I do look at the salary and what they had, you're in five profile matches. We're facing you against Tyson Fury and we're putting you in opportunities and you're just lacking in the ring and lacking in charisma. So I'm going with Strowman. Uh, next up, we have worst female of the year. This is my last chance maybe ever to vote for Nia Jax. This is the it Nia is. Jax Memorial Award. She's not so coming back. So I'm damn right I'm giving Nia Jax her flowers one last time. She Nia has won it. this award almost every single year for me. Uh, except for one year when I did uh, Dana Brooke. So I'm going with Nia Jax. Well, I can one last time. Nia, this award's dedicated to you. You're the worst, literally. Yeah. So that's two people, and it's not a clean sweep again. No. No. You know what? Um, I, I, I've been twisted. Uh, I will go with Nia. Sis, good night, but, sweet princess. But. <laughs> There are three honorable mentions for me. Okay. Liz was one with everything that happened with Pacquiao. Again, I think Terrible. that that was that was really rough. Uh, oh, maybe I only have two. I only have two. I have I have I have another one too. I have an honorable and, mention. And uh, my other honorable mention is Charlotte Flair, just for the way she Woo! the way she handled things with Becky and the way that caused a lot of problems. And just some of the stuff that she's done in ring where it is a little sloppy and it is a little mm-hmm. dangerous. That whole thing between her and Nia yeah. was brutal. Like yeah. she just had moments where you're supposed to be the pinnacle of the women's division, but you're behaving like you shouldn't even be employed. Like, and that to me is something that it would be alarming to me running a company going, you're supposed to be the crown jewel, but you're behaving like a spoiled brat at different points. And that's concerning yeah. to me. Yeah, she acted terribly backstage with the Becky segment. Uh, she didn't have, I mean, I think she will probably get into some of her feuds, but stuff with Tony was terrible. Uh, stuff with Ripley, like how do you guys not have, you know, a good feud? That feud was unbearable. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a <laughs> bit. Uh, not being a mania, I don't blame them for not her not being a mania because she was a brat and didn't deserve to be on WrestleMania this year. Yeah. And that's why she gets an honorable mention. She's not as bad as Nia. Nia was consistently dangerous. Yeah. But Charlotte definitely deserves a dishonorable mention. Uh, and I know you had Bliss. That one deserves. Here's my honorable mention, and I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail for this. Liv Morgan. Mm. She's not good. I, I, she's not. A, she had two matches against your second, third best wrestler in the company right now. Your highest, one of your, your highest performer in the company and she, she was fine. She was sloppy. She got put into a main event on Monday Night Raw, and she just hasn't improved to no, me. No, she's not she, good. She's she not hasn't good. improved. I don't really get why everyone's so behind her. It's because she's attractive, because she's not good in ring. And there's way more women, like Piper Nevin even, that deserve that opportunity and could give Becky a much better match. And we'll see what happens on Raw if Piper Nevin can win that and I never call him Piper Nevin by the other name that they've given her. I never will. Um, 
And so we'll see what can happen there. But she just consistently, when she's in the ring, it's it, her fans are some of the most annoying fans to deal with online. I think that she deserves everything. And the main event that she had on Raw was terrible. The pay-per-view match was a little bit better, but her selling isn't great. Uh, her, her emotions when she's cutting promos, she yells, she's annoying. Maybe we'll get to her in a bit on that side. So I have an honorable mention for Liv Morgan as well. Next up, worst tag team. Guess what? We had Naya in this category again last year with Naya and Baszler, and they still were a tag team this year. So I'm going with Naya and Baszler again because they were terrible as a team together. And um, when they broke up, there was nothing for Baszler to do afterwards. So it's it's Naya and Baszler again for me for worst tag team of the year. Same with me. Yeah, okay. I, I got evil and and Jijiro Takahashi. Oh, that's Cause, cause, another that's good one. Yeah, because I, I can't stand evil. And uh, <laughs> he's just so he, boring. And Takahashi, think, is, is he was the guy who I was considering other than Hanma for worst rest of the year. So it's a easy one. Takahashi and, and evil. Joel, are you going to say something? Uh, evil evil should have been in a, an honorable mention for worst wrestler just in the terms of where he is in the company and terms of what he brings he gave ishii a one-star match at wrestle kingdom ishii, yeah, ishii. that's that's a that real talent. bad sign that's that's very bad uh next up we have worst on the mic it was another clean sweep for naya Jax last year Naya didn't really get to go in the microphone this year. So unfortunately I can't give it to her, but I'm going to give it to a performer. I just talked about it's Liv Morgan. She does these unbearable yelling noises really high with her voice that are just super annoying. Uh, She can't read off a script very well. She went head to head with Becky and that doesn't help her, but she just sees, and even the stuff with Sonya Deville when she was on SmackDown, she feels very annoying and very, uh, selfish in her promos and I don't know a reason why I would want to root for this baby face. She never gives me a reason the way that she talks. She would be maybe better as a heel, but she feels very self-entitled and very annoying when she does her promos. So I'm going with Liv Morgan. Morton? Um, I'm going to go <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Dante Martin. Oh, yeah. As great as he is in the ring and as much as he's the human highlight reel, He's the black hole of charisma as far as everything else is yeah. concerned. It's like Ricochet. You know? Yeah, yeah. But worse. I mean, yeah. less charisma, less, less mic ability. You know, I was considering going with Jungle Boy too, because mm-hmm. but he's shown a slight <laughs> improvement. A little he's bit. shown slight improvement on his promos lately, but it's not very good. But yeah. Dante Martin is just like, yeah. I hope it doesn't hold him back too much. That's why I think he might be better in a tag team with yeah. his brother Darius. Uh, Joel, ah, oh, man, this is tough because I'm not I'm not entirely sure because I didn't watch enough WWE this year to really because I can't say a lot on Liv Morgan because I haven't seen enough Liv Morgan to yeah. really know if she's bad or not. I I believe you. Um, I'm just trying to think of who I saw that I was like, I mean, there were times where Brandy would have the mic that I was like, oh, so bad. I had Brandy's honorable mention too. I, th- oh, I think I'm going to go Brandy. Yeah, Brandy sucks. It's a good one. Good one. I had Cody, too, as honorable mention, by the way. Really? I would Cody. go on Cody. Cody's were cringy. 
they weren't bad. That's that was the that was the decipher for me. A Cody's promos were cringy. cringy. That's why Especially I didn't go goal. Cody. Yeah. Especially in the in the feud with the go-go. Yeah. Anthony. Which he regrets. Yeah. Which yeah. he regrets himself. Yeah. I wish we could have best promo line because then I would have gone with Arn. The uh <laughs> the yeah. 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 Uh most underutilized performer. It was a clean sweep last year with Chad Gable. Joel. I'm going Chad Gable again. I, I think there's so much more for that guy. I think there's so much more potential for that guy than where he's at. Uh, it's good that he's featured on TV, but I think there's more for him to do. And I can't go with uh, Cesaro because he got his moment at Mania and then they promptly dropped him like a bad habit. Sure did. After he uh, was signed with them so that he got his Mania moment. Yep. Yeah. Morton. Um, yeah. I, I mean, for me, this is... This is easy. You'll notice that I'm throwing names from places like New Japan and AEW into the worst stuff here. And I'm going to do it again. And that's Kip Sabian. Um, this guy is very talented. He was injured, but he's been healthy for a long time. He's tried to run his own angles outside the company to get momentum and to get over. And he's just being completely ignored. And mm-hmm. I don't get it. So uh, Kip Sabian to me is uh, incredibly underused. He's yeah, not he's used got at all. So much charisma. Like in that yeah. wedding angle, like he had so much, so much charisma. Like I know Miro has had a great year and everything, but I thought Kip did a great job. And you know, Penelope Ford without him has dragged along. Yeah. I mean, she's improved in the ring, but her yeah. persona is yeah. just nothing there. She yeah. misses Kip Sabian for sure. Uh both those picks are really good. Um Gable's a great pick, Joel, and I don't deny. I think what they've been doing with Alpha Academy has started to work and started to give them a little bit more shine, and it seems like they're probably going to be winning the take titles here in a little bit, but Gable, still in any list, I think, is absolutely there. That guy, any other promotion, I think, would be one of the top guys. I went with Ricochet. Uh, just because of the glimpse that we got in that month of Money in the Bank. Those four Raws before Money in the Bank they fucking tricked me. And they, I remember that we did the pod with Peter. They tricked both of us because of how they were using him. And he was unbelievable on four raws in a row where he was the MVP. And it's like, Oh, they finally see it. And that was silly of me. And I, I admit I got caught on that one, but you had four raws at the very least where it's like, yeah, this guy is freaking amazing. How can you not use him? And you, know, you mentioned with Dante Morton a little bit, a little bit, not as great on the mic and everything like that, but still at the end of the day, this is the guy that should be minimum be in your intercontinental U.S. territory and is just used more or less as a jobber or to be like, hey, look at the flippy guy. Oh, well, you look at you look at Dante Martin as the as the example. I mean, yes, he's not uh, good on the mic, but he's yeah. great in the ring and he's being presented mainly in the ring and he's being presented as a star in the ring and he's being put in top angles in the ring and he's starting to get a major crowd reaction. Uh, it's not difficult that the guy it's it's like uh, Paul Heyman always said with ECW accentuate their highlight their strengths accentuate yeah. their strengths and hide their weaknesses yeah hide Ricochet's weakness and use what he's great at and he'll get over mm-hmm. well I mean you you go we rewind the clocks back to Will Ospreay versus Ricochet and mm-hmm. Best of the Super Juniors and how buyer setting that was for the internet and the world seeing those clips 
And now you look at where both of them are respectively. Both have taken different paths. One stayed in Japan, one went to WWE. And you look at some of the stuff that Ricochet did in the good NXT, and you're like, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of good here. This kid, this kid definitely has something. And Will eventually elevating to a heavyweight. And not only that, but if Will had been healthy, I think he would have been wrestler of the year. Had he not missed those those times with the back, I think he would have been wrestler of the year. With Ricochet, he is very much in a spot where you're like, just just do something with him. Just do something with him. Because four out of the 52 weeks of the year is crap with a guy that is a talent as Ricochet. And I mean, Will Ospreay probably had match of the year or potential 2022 match of the year contender with Okada. That was an incredible match. You look at both being very, being there with each other and both taking different paths and how it's played out for both. Absolutely. Uh, Next up, we get to the worst gimmick of the year. Uh, Martin? Oh, I'm yeah, very excited is... for mine. I'm very excited for mine. Can you come back to me? Because it just I just drew a blank. I knew I had this written down. All right. I, drew a blank. I, got, I got mine. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Joel. Uh it is Matt Hardy. <laughs> that that yeah. was they're just really tough points with yeah, Matt's gimmick, where he's just like, okay, we're doing this again. Please, please be done sooner rather than later it just it didn't work you almost get mad when you see him on the screen to be honest for an aw show i'm always like oh, i don't want to see him right now yeah. and i it, i just don't want to and i you know obviously jeff is going to end up with him and i'm just like dreading this trying to bring maybe when they bring back you know the final deletion and but then they're going to bring willow and all that shit i'm not looking for and i think he's he's taking private party and ali and the blade and the butcher down with him as well that's that's like uh, it's, it's a bunch that he's taking down with him oh yeah yeah it's not it's it, the big money mat gimmick doesn't really work that said i do think he's gonna turn it around this yeah. I, I do think he'll turn it around he's, he's a smart. smart guy he's a yeah. smart guy so yeah. uh yeah i mean i do think he will uh, i'm gonna go with alexa bliss um, because I mean Bray Wyatt was the worst gimmick the year before, you yeah. know. Oh yeah, and by the way, essentially it was this retribution for me, Rusev Cock for Joel. Well done, Joel. And then uh the fiend. That was your one last year, Morton. So kind of staying yeah. in tune. Yeah, I mean it's just she's she is uh almost the exact same character as the fiend, except for probably more annoying. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and, terrible yeah. match. The way she went off TV too, with the it just in the WrestleMania and the switching in the ring and the stuff that she did with Oscar, there's a lot of bad and a lot of these women having to sell for her. Yeah, Oscar specifically in this way. Yeah, I really hate it. Uh, before I get to my worst, Joel, I'm disappointed in us for best. We forgot about Danhausen. Oh, well, I'm okay. I I think that 2022 we'll see more of Danhausen. Yeah, very I just nice. wanted to get him an honorable. I just needed to give very nice, very evil. And I'm going to mention, you know what's not very nice and very evil and very stupid? The fucking Damien. The stupidest... Fu- and I don't think either one of you don't watch... Neither one of you watch enough WWE TV to even understand this. But Damien Priest now is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, you're kidding. Wait, why? I heard something about that, but... It's the fucking... It is an insult to... 
when he is the priest, he is good and he is great. But then he turns into the Damien and he gets demented and he will destroy you. This sounds like a Vince idea. Oh <laughs> my God. It's Force so entertainment, hard. pal. It's so hard when, you know, I feel bad for Jimmy, uh, who I think has done actually a decent job this year. But when he asks, like, can he, can Priest withhold the Damien from coming out in this match against Dolph Ziggler? It's like, oh my God, this is so painful. And it just, it seems like Vince just one day is like, wait a minute. His name is Damien and Priest? That's perfect. It's like the <laughs> devil and an angel. And we'll combine them together. Yes. Oh, I'm glad I don't watch WWE as often anymore. So, yeah. And look, I don't watch Raw as much, but even just hearing it on post wrestling or the Observer and hearing them go over it, it gets me. Number one, it's so funny to hear John Pollock or Alvarez rehearse what happened on this with, with the, their analyzing of, of what happened. But this is the antithesis of dumb gimmick. And, like, you know, if WrestleCrap was as prominent as it was back when we were growing up this would be like on the front page of wrestlecraft so i'm going with the damien it's uh, entertainment me to death yeah next up is worst match of the year mon uh for this has got to be charlotte and nia Jax with yes it, where it looked like they didn't they stopped working together this yeah. thing was such an abortion it was unbelievable uh, I, I just could not. It's pro wrestling at its worst. You already have somebody who doesn't know how to work in Naya. Then you have somebody who just doesn't seem to care right now in Charlotte. And then you have were they working together? Were they not? Was it a pre? Who cares? The thing was freaking awful. Yeah. It, it, and it goes beyond just being like, oh, this is a really clunky match. It was like, this is borderline unsafe. Like this is the type of match that makes you look bush league, makes it look like you let two performers go out and start almost shooting on one another. And you're like, how are you the premier wrestling product if you're letting stuff like that happen? That shit should never happen on any product that is heavily featured and promoted. And yet it happened and it was, it was horrible. It was really bad. I'm going to take you guys back to February. And I'm turning into this TNA pay-per-view because Kenny Omega is apparently <laughs> going to be on this. And I get three I know minutes where you're going. of Ethan Page versus Karate Man, which was unfucking bearable and embarrassing and made me wonder why I watched professional wrestling. It was one of those moments. And then you kind of hear the outlier of Ethan Page had a bad following out with impact and everything like that. It doesn't matter. The idea of it all, you know, we had had these cinematic matches going on during the pandemic, you know, and for the majority of them, most of them were decent. Um, you know, for the most part, I mean, we had one of our worst ones where the, the year before, uh, Morton, you picked Orton and Edge. Uh, Joel, you picked a cinematic match in Gargano and Ciampa, which I think we can all agree could have been the start of the downfall of NXT. And I yeah. picked Brock versus Ricochet. But this Ethan Page and Karate Man match was just, it was like, a, I, I think calling it a student film would be nice to it. I don't know what it was. The fact that it was even put on television was embarrassing for everybody in the wrestling community. No comments? No, you said it perfectly. I agree with you. 
Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I didn't see the match. I remember you telling me about it. Yeah. And complaining about it like while you were watching it. I had it in my you notes. Held in on February, to it. You held on to it all. And I was ever. like, I'm not fucking forgetting this. I'm bringing this up. Uh, <laughs> worst feud of the year. I went with Stroh and Bray. Joel, you went with Ripley and Flair. Uh, and Martin, you went with Bray and Orton. Um, you know, there was a lot, and I'm sure this name is probably going to be brought up a lot for her worst feud of the year. I'm going Flair and Tony Storm because it got someone fired, more or less. Uh, it was pies in the face. There was no heat to anything. You have arguably your most talented young upcoming star in the company, and the best you can do is pies in the fucking face? That's what you have? No wonder this girl left the company. Charlotte was entirely unprofessional. Didn't really help her in the ring or anything like that. Charlotte's name. I hope there's a few other feuds you can mention Charlotte's name as well. Um, but for me, it's Flair and Tony Storm. For me, it's Flair and Nia. Sure. Like just, just was not fun. Was not enjoyable. And the fact that they tried to turn that into something was just like, just, just let it all be. Let it die. One Flair clean yeah. sweep. No, not a clean sweep, unfortunately. Like I enjoy both of these two guys an awful lot, but they've wrestled each other 437,000 times on television. Every time I, t- I don't watch a ton of WWE anymore, but every time I turned on the TV, it seemed like it was Big E versus Apollo. Yeah. I could not get away from this damn thing. <laughs> and it was got just to be so unbearable and boring. That to me, it, it went on for months. It did. Uh, there was a few of those by the way there was like riddle and and aj (laughs) fought each other so many times and look they were always good matches but it was just like okay enough of aj and riddle i've had enough of this and it was biggie and and apollo was the same thing there was another one that happened but those two those were two it's like we're doing this match again what the hell on tv i think i'm not even exaggerating I think they had 40 TV matches this year. I, if I, don't I remember think, correctly. I, I think uh, there was a point because when Black got cut, they were doing something with E and KO that they were going to do a triple threat with Black. And then they're like, fuck it, it's E and Apollo again. Yeah. And they would wrestle each other on like main event mm-hmm. and on SmackDown and on like pay per view and just. I have to mention that Flair and Ripley are lucky they got away with any nominations because they definitely did. That feud was dog shit as well. Yeah, it was no good. They just have no chemistry. No. They no. just, sometimes people don't have chemistry together. And uh, no. I thought they would work well together. They don't. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the worst angle of the year. Uh, last year, Joel and I both picked the Jeff Hardy alcoholism stuff that happened on the day that George Floyd died. Um, and Morton, you did Ms. Fake Cashins. Uh, Joel, where are you going this year? Uh, I'm going with the forming of a subset in Bullet Club with House of Torture. It's House of Torture, right, Morton? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Just, just having that, having that subset, and it just, man, watching Wrestle Kingdom and having them around, it, it was always just like, like I, I got my booster shot and then I woke up, I, I kind of fell asleep. And then when I woke up, I saw evil on my screen. It's like, Oh God, what have I awoken to? Like just house, house of torture is torture to watch. 
Yeah, the name is accurate, but not for the reason they want it to be. Um, Lauren, where are you going? That's, that's a good pick, but you know what? I think one of the angle that really, we talk about MJF and, and how we might go too far. I felt the angle with Brian Pillman, with yeah. Pillman's family there at the ringside, and I know they were having fun, but his, uh, you know, just that to me, when he said, you know, your mother should have done like with you, like she did most of the time and swallowed, I just thought, like, there's just, sometimes you, it's just, there's a line where it's heat and a mm. line where it's just distasteful. Yeah. And, and I think they crossed the line that night uh, into distasteful. So that, that was the worst angle for me. Uh, mine was just the entire Eva Marie and Piper Nevin thing. Yeah, I considered I considered the name change of Piper Niven. Yeah, I considered that name change. That's probably my runner-up. Yeah, because again, I will never mention it. I will not mention that name. I will not mention the name. I I think it's it's so insulting. insulting. So insulting. But everything with Eva and body shaming, but not body shaming, and then they kind of did the thing with Bliss as well. But Piper Nevin is one of the most talented women, one of the most beautiful women. We've talked about this on One Falls in the past. She didn't deserve that BS at all. But just everything they did with Eva with her, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there is Eva Marie can be used as a quality talent. We saw the way that she left in her first release. There was ways to use Eva Marie properly. And they used the most laziest way that they could use Eva Marie and to bring someone else down in the company because they didn't hit their standards. Pretty so, much. unfortunate. Totally uh, worst pay-per-view of the year. Um, one, this was hard for me. Summer Slam. That, 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 see, yeah, I know it's hard for you, but at the end of the day, this is where we got the what 23 second match between Becky and and Bianca. Yeah, but we also had Edge and Seth, which was good. Okay, we had they, they did have one banger of a match. I'll give, I'll give them Roman and Cena wasn't bad, but Uh, there was some other bad stuff. It wasn't good. Drew McIntyre and and Jinder was bad. Yeah, it's true. like it was just and it went on for so long right and it, it just was it was torturous dude you're not wrong you're not wrong i can't i'm trying to be devil's advocate i can't uh, that was the worst one i watched joel yeah SummerSlam. just based on how they treated bel-air i think that alone would get your show to be uh considered for this award just ugh. yeah there's not many wwe shows that i have watched but SummerSlam is just like, and I mean, the other thing that we Morton didn't even touch on was how they handled the COVID situation with Sasha. Oh yeah, like, not right. even like knowing bait and switch, bait and yeah. switch, right? And a very bad bait and switch because it just damaged. It just, I don't know. It just damaged the. It damaged Bel Air to the point where she can't be woman of the woman wrestler of the year because. I know. It feels like she's fallen off the cliff from that moment. That moment was so detrimental that it uh, it she it should have been a slam dunk for Woman Wrestler of the Year. I think I'm I'm telegraphing it as you just did, Joel. But she should have been a slam dunk for Woman Wrestler of the Year if they had done everything right. Yeah. But they had, didn't, and it's not her fault. It oh, is no. ultimately WWE's fault. So uh, that that alone. Last year it was uh, Super Show. Um, and I, I would say it's amazing. I think it's the first year that no one has picked the Saudi show because as shitty as everything around the Saudi show is, the Saudi show was actually good this year. It was a good show. Uh, SummerSlam is a great pick. I'm going with Survivor Series. 
uh, which was gave you Biggie getting buried in a stupid match. Charlotte and Becky was okay. The Survivor Series matches were not great, and we got the infamous egg. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm going with that because the the, the 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 and the main problem with Survivor Series is this was another bait and switch, and this was almost worse than the SummerSlam one. The SummerSlam one was terrible. They made you think the entire episode that The Rock was going to show up. And there was people in the States that were buying Peacock because they were showing, they showed at least eight clips of Rock highlights. Vince talked about The Rock with Roman. They talked about The Rock backstage. And people really thought that The Rock was going to show up. And, you know, you can say like, well, WWE never promoted it. When you hit it that hard on the head, it's kind of hard for your audience not to think he's going to show up. Definitely. Definitely. So, and then the whole egg bullshit. But SummerSlam is not a bad pick. Uh, worst promotion or worst show of the year. Uh, the last forever, it's been WWE and it's been Raw. I'm assuming it's a clean sweep. From, actually, show may be no, different. Show may be show, different. Show is different. Show is different. Is, uh, and promotion, this is the question that I have to ask. It's the question with the show and and the promotion. Are we saying NXT is a brand or a show? It's a brand now. It's a brand okay. more than ever now. Okay. So it's, it's a brand. So it, it, are we saying NXT is part of WWE or NXT yeah. is its own? Oh, yeah. They're, more now than ever, they have been absorbed okay. by NXT. Then we'll get back. To, we'll get to NXT as a show in a bit. So worst company for me, uh, I think all of us is still WWE. No, for me, it's ROH. Oh, I gotta, and I think it was ROH for me last year. Uh, no, it was WWE. Was we, it we debated ROH. I, I debated doing ROH, but the only reason I didn't is because they paid their comp, their, their athletes during the pandemic when they didn't need to. Yeah, yeah, and that was ultimately fatal. Their yeah. fatal. This is a company though that that four years ago had a bunch of momentum and was part of a sellout to, in Madison Square Garden three years ago. True, you know, and 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 now is dead. Like, and, can, and when you, we you, say you dead, we don't know mind. for sure that they're dead, but yeah, it seems like they're dead, and they could yeah. very well be dead. Well, like, that part me, I give you just, more, and, you know, because they haven't let their their performers really know what's going on, right? Like Jay Lethal no. talked about he was at a family dinner and they never told him. He found out online. Yeah, that, that's brutal. And he's like, oh shit, I better go to AW or something. You've convinced me. I'm I'm switching to Ring of Honor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering where Ring of Honor should be right now and the void it leaves in professional wrestling. Because then it gives talent a chance to avoid going uh to Stanford. Yeah. Now there's one less spot for them to go. WWE, yeah, get off the hook. But we're coming for you in a second. Oh no, well, I have to say for worst show. Yes, uh, I got to go with Impact personally because I tried oh. a few times to watch it. Mm-hmm. So not Raw for me. I would rather watch Raw than Impact. Oh, I'm not uh, picking Raw. I'm picking NXT 2.0. I am picking NXT. Oh, that's bad too. Don't get me yeah. wrong; it's bad, but Impact, like with no crowd really, and just everything's just so sanitized. Oh, it's bad because we. I tried too, good because they had Kenny and they had the Forbidden Door yeah, open, right? And I tried, I'm like, what, what, why am I watching? And even I tried pay-per-views. I, I probably watched more pay-per-views than either of you guys did for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I watched it, I'm like, 
you brought the kiss. Remember the one, the one show they had the battle Royal it was bound for glory, which I debated for worst pay-per-view of the year. And they're like, we have so many surprises. And you're like, because remember they had that show in Vegas and Joel and I even talked, should we go to that Vegas show? It sounds really, really cool. And the big surprise that they had was the kiss demon. Yeah. Brutal. It wasn't brutal. Jonah. It wasn't Bray. It wasn't Strowman. They had the inspiration, I believe. Um, but they haven't really been much. Um, well, and, 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 they, and, they did, and they also broadcast Rustler House on Thanksgiving Day, yeah. American Thanksgiving. And that's got to be the single worst two hours of television ever yeah. put on film. And I didn't yeah. see Rustler House 1, but Rustler House 2, when I like, this was the worst thing ever. Yeah. Worst thing You're I convincing me. You're convincing me of impact. In fact, I'm gonna I because I actually I'd rather watch Raw. <laughs> I'd rather watch NXT. That's what my get pick something was. out of Raw. I'm gonna enjoy. Well, my pick was NXT 2.0, but you there's stuff in NXT 2.0 that I, I did enjoy a little bit. Like I like Breaker, I like watching Roddy. Some of the women's stuff was okay. I can't believe nobody picked Breaker for or did we we haven't done breakout next year? We did, we yeah. did break out. We yeah. did break out. I did pick I can't believe nobody picked Breaker. Yeah. Don't you uh, think he's main roster bound and going to get a major push next year? Probably. I mean, I want to be shocked to see him at the Rumble. Yeah, me either. Me either. Uh, Joe, you've convinced me again, Morton. I was going to go NXT 2.0, but I would rather watch. You know, I like the stuff with Mandy. I don't mind Breaker. Um, Brody and the Diamond Mind are fun. There's some bad stuff on 2.0, don't get me wrong, but Impact was torturous. When I actually, for the first time in two years, gave it a chance, and it was bad. Really bad uh joel i i can't pick i'm gonna send you guys i'm gonna send you guys something right now that you gotta see okay Uh, breaking news in the in our in our group text here this is the second time i've had breaking news on the show and the sports one we had the world juniors thing so this has been something that's going on joel before we get this what are you doing for work show i didn't watch enough impact i saw kenny clips that was the bulk so i can't pick impact but i'm going nxt the yep. reason I'm going NXT is because you went from one NXT to the another, and the only reason you went from one to the other. What the like, fuck? I know. So are they with Impact now? I don't know. Mickey James, the woman's uh, Impact Women's Champion. She has to bring a garbage bag out. On oh, my word, she has to <laughs> bring a left, garbage bag who out. Left, who left in less than ideal situation both for the company and her uh, yeah. and is currently impact women's world champion is going to be in the women's Royal rumble in the WWE. Uh, I mean, and they plugged impact wrestling too. They and did. it's a outside company. And I know impact and AEW aren't working together anymore, but this is, this is the first time I've ever seen them acknowledge an outside company. Really? Uh, the last time I remember is when JBL referred to Brock or AJ as a New Japan champion. Yeah, and even that's not the no, not the same as this. This is a real, you know, the closest would be when when e, a, 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 or uh, ECW showed up on Raw, probably. Like, probably, yeah. You know, yeah. Like this well, is that is. That is my I mean, That is something to keep in mind for a one fall. But I've had two year in review shows now. The sports one we had the World Junior cancelization when we got to most heartbreaking, and then this one for Impact. We're talking about Impact, but uh, 
definitely something to keep in mind for one fall. Thank you for breaking that more. And I'm trying to I, I wonder if this company is going to be, uh, are they going to buy them? I'm wondering too. The Good Brothers will be over the moon about that. <laughs> <laughs> they will not be happy campers. Wow. No, I guess not. I can't okay. Green, Chelsea Green and Cardona aren't signed to them, right? I don't, I don't know what the situation is, man, with people's contracts. We may have to do an emergency pod after this. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, Joel, <laughs> thoughts on NXT 2.0 as your worst show? I just think you go from one thing being must-see TV to being now what it is. And I think we can all confirm that the reason NXT changed is it lost AEW. And this is being petty and childish and gutting a system that had worked. When you let it be, let it do its thing and worked. You had great shows, great wrestlers, great everything. And now you've been like, well, I'm going to be petty and childish and I'm going to pull the plug from this. And I don't believe believe they'll ever be able to draw a 15,000 seat arena again. Now, please change the fucking name. I beg you. I beg you change the name. It's it, it absolutely they absolutely need to change name it. it FCW even I don't care if you name it FCW but name it something 2.0 it's just Bush League it is it absolutely is and that's why everything like yeah I'm not a fan of it but I will quickly touch on I really hope they're not buying Impact I really 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 because that's another whole that's another spot that will be lost for wrestlers because. They'll just turn it into some small thing. They don't care about content anymore. Well, Evolve is still going on. Gabe got, and even Gabe got cut too, so. Wait, yeah, is that's crazy. Evolve is still going? I thought they were done. No, it's still going. It's still oh. going. Wow. By the way, my last question to you, and then we'll move on. Will she come, no, out, to just, hardcore, will she come out to Hardcore Country? That's what I was about to ask you. I was yeah. going to say, is she coming out to WWE Music or Impact Music? That's the that's the million dollar question. Is she coming out to hardcore country? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I uh, this are they is- going to promote the Royal Rumble for like Josh Alexander and Moose and other talent and the and the inspiration? Are they going to be in the Rumble? Maybe is yeah. Dina Parazzi going to be in the Rumble? Well, Dina Parazzi is facing Mickey James, so yeah. she might not be walking out with the title. When is that happening? uh i think that's happening they said they've been promoting it um scott demore uh that's tomorrow hard to kill is tomorrow so wow. i wouldn't be shocked now if mickey james is dropping the title and going back to wwe then maybe maybe it's that simple but even no then they wouldn't have bothered to ne- then they never would have bothered to mention them true they would have waited and they never would have bothered to mention and they would have made it a surprise you're right more yeah never some something's up Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, worst worst broadcaster of the year. Uh, last year was a clean sweep for good old Jr. It probably is Jr. again, but in good conscience with everything he went through this year, I just I just can't do that to the guy. I can't no. name him the worst announcer. I, I'm, I I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't announce Taz. <laughs> just, uh, just I, from, I can go with Adnan Burke, can I? Uh, yeah. I guess I feel bad for him just because of everything that happened. But I, I was thinking about Verk as well, but just from being on Peter's pod and everything he said, 
Um, but when he was there, like whether he didn't know what was going on or not, the point was he wasn't good at his job. So I, I will agree. I, I just kind of go with Taz just because of the botchmania stuff that makes him look terrible. Um, Adnan Verk is a good pick, though. Uh, they're more. I'm going. I feel bad for him. Don't get me wrong, but he yeah. had to call. How can we nobody be talking about? Wasn't it this year? Wasn't it this year that the uh, he had, yeah? It was because it was Adnan Verk who had to call the old uh, the whole day of the, the dead or whatever the zombies, the zombies yeah, yeah. with yeah. Miz and John Morrison. That was their first of their Netflix money. Oh God, that was awful. Yeah, Joel, same pick. That network. Just it, it's you all hit it on. It didn't work. Uh, I'm gonna go with Paul White. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know what? He tries his ass off. Like he, he tries. Does. He, he's he's learning, and I feel bad doing it. I. I I didn't think there was anyone that was actually terribly well. Verk was terrible. I'm gonna go with Verk because I feel bad for him, but at the same time, he was also just not a good broadcaster. He didn't know the name of the moves. He didn't come in prepared. And and I come from this too as a broadcaster, right? I have called a variety of sports, and Edmund Verk is one of the best baseball broadcasters out there. One of the most professional broadcasters that we have in, in sport. But when you go and do anything, you have to do your research and know what you're doing. And he came in as like, oh, I'm a fan of wrestling, so I can call wrestling. And he didn't know any of the moves, right? Yeah. I've, I've had the ability as a broadcaster to do track and field and done every single research I've had to do in track and field. I've done volleyball and don't know a lick about volleyball, but I learned every single thing about volleyball. I had no, I, I had no idea what a dig was, but I learned all the lingo because you have a fan base that is going to be on ear of every single thing that you call and Vert calling the four or five weeks, whatever he did, it was insulting to any pro wrestling fan that could do a better job from home on their television, calling the moves. <laughs> oh, um, I just came across something that ties in with the impact thing, but I'll let you guys well, keep. Yeah. Uh, next up, we go all the way back. We're not ending on negative this year. We're going to go a little more positive at the end. Um, we're gonna go with the match of the year, Joel. Match of the spot. Match of the year is Will Ospreay versus Shingo Tataki. Yeah, that's mine uh, too. Wrestling Doku. Yeah, wrestling Doku. Yeah, the for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It was just a slam dunk. It was so much fun. I know mine too. Wow, clean sweep. So good. Yeah. It was insanely good. My honor- there was that moment in it. I, I don't know. You just rewatched it. I did. So just- I, I I haven't watched it since it happened. But there's that moment. I'll just never forget it. Where the match is probably 35, 40 minutes long, and it's just being a hell of a match. And all of a sudden, Will Ospreay starts throwing these little kicks yeah. to Shingo, and Shingo gets this look on his face like, "You're going to do that to me. You're going to try and show me up." And like the match just goes from that point to a whole other level that I've rarely seen a wrestling match go to. It was so perfect. Will Will Ospreay should be the wrestler of the year, but the injury changed that. Yeah. But my God, was that a lot of fun? That was a home run match, start to finish. It was worth worth rewatching. They just Shingo is no no slouch in the ring. He is he is. I'm gl- I'm so glad he got this run with the title. I'm so glad he got this spot because I think he is incredibly talented. And now I just need 
dragon versus the American dragon, and I'd be a happy little camper. <laughs> and it may happen. Who knows? Um, yeah, I just thought it blew my socks off. I, I don't watch as much New Japan as you guys do. I try to. I try to keep up with everything, but with all the other uh, stuff I have for uh, calling stuff, Well, we appreciate hard. that you watch WWE for us. Yes, don't worry about it. Uh, but I, this one was something that, you know, being a fan of Osprey, I knew I had to watch it, and you guys were so into, yeah, you have to watch it, and it did uh, It did not let down. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Meltzer's highest-rated match this year. I think it was, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, they had another look, fantastic match at the, at the finals for the New Japan Cup. Yeah. So, I mean, if you watch them back-to-back, it's like a combined story, just just so good and there was so many matches to pick from this year by the way like there is any year you could have picked brian and page and brian's whole second half maybe we'll get to brian in a bit the the cage (laughs) the cage the cage tag team match with the lucha bros and the bucks yeah was out of this world let's not forget dragon off and balter i was about to get to that that was fantastic uh, I know I was higher on Sasha and Belair than you guys, but I think that's at least got to be mentioned uh, a little bit on that side. Uh, it was just, uh, and I'm sure that there's a, there's so many, Jungle Boy and Kenny was unbelievable. There's, there's a variety of Kenny matches, Brian matches uh, that you can mention. I'm, there's a crap ton from the G1. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a few honorable mentions. Shingo and Ishii. Yeah. Uh, I, I. Shingo and Cobb. Yeah, Shingo and Cobb. I'd even argue Kenny and Hangman at uh, yes. at full gear, just yes. simply for the conclusion of a multi-year story and a satisfying conclusion at that. No swerve, no stupid bullshit, just a conclusion to a story. And you could tell Kenny was beat up uh, by the end of that match, and he definitely needs a break. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we have the feud of the year. Oh. Last year, we it was uh, Joel and I picked Sasha and Bailey, and Martin, you picked Mox and Kingston. Where are you going this year, Martin? You know what? Again, I just drew a blank. I, okay. <laughs> Joel, uh, you so know I what? Have, I have yeah. two. I have a joke one, and I have a real one. Sure. So the joke one is the talent versus vince mcmahon slash tony khan the talent is taking a beating and it just is consistently a feud that has run throughout the year but my serious one and the one that uh i i really enjoyed and there's actually a youtube series that kind of documented this was hangman versus kenny Mm -hmm. that final conclusion the right guy took the title off kenny we wrap that up. That's a multi-year storyline dating all the way back to New Japan. And just the culmination for Hangman being at the top of the mountain. Uh, Kenny's incredible at these long, long, long-term format storylines with little details and little subtleties into it. Ultimately, Hangman and Kenny is the feud of the year. That's a good, that's that- a good choice. I'm going to... I'm going to yeah. jump in here now because now yeah, I remember. Ahead, I just went blank because I couldn't remember this group's name mm-hmm. all of a sudden. But it was the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Oh, that was very good. Uh, I think that was a fantastic feud. You, you had all the natural uh, people pairing off with each other. And within that, you had separate mini feuds. The crazy and, Jericho bump too. Oh, yeah. Like I, I think that was a really well done feud. 
and I really enjoyed it. So that's my few to the year. Uh, those are both great. Both of those were in considerations that I had on my list. Uh, we're going with Sasha and Bianca Belair. It's one of the few good feuds that WWE did do, building up all the way to the, that moment that we got there. They did a very good job of kind of making the tag team theme actually work a little bit. You knew the turn was coming from Sasha. You did a good job of building up the animosity. You did a good job of building Belair up from the Rumble. And Sasha has a staple. And like we're probably mentioned in Women Wrestler of the Year, this was a reason why Sasha probably would have been a slam dunk because of these first four months. And then some stuff happened, but uh, the other one's really good, but that's going to be my feat of the year is Sasha and Belair ending at WrestleMania. I considered that, but my problem was they didn't edit WrestleMania. Yeah. The SummerSlam part of it. I mean, even, even to the, if the SummerSlam match would have happened, I think it would have been even more because the contract signing that they did on that SmackDown before SummerSlam, I thought was, even better the feud to SummerSlam and then everything yeah, kind of unraveled it, it from didn't there. happen and from there if they continue yeah. to rustle and interact and yeah. it just meandered and yeah. you know it, it 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 petered out yeah and it yeah so it's it's not any mine is mine is with the idea more or less the initial build to mania yeah i know what you bringing, mean yeah you're bringing up great points there morn um the what is this one right here the angle of the year uh Last year, Joel and I both picked Brody Lee and Cody uh, with the way that Brody Lee just destroyed Cody. Uh, and Martin, you picked Will Ospreay's turn. Joel, where are you going? Uh, I am going the labors of Jericho. Mm. I, I quite enjoyed that. That was a nice little way to build into the MJF and Jericho feud. And it gave us something different each week. And who would have imagined we would get a death match on national TV, but we did. And Jericho went through glass and bloodied and beaten. And we, we got a lot of really good things from that, the labors of Jericho. And I enjoyed it. It's, it's really funny because uh, you chose Hangman and uh, Omega for your feud of the year. And I chose uh, Inner Circle and, and uh, Pinnacle. And now you've chosen Inner Circle and Pinnacle is essentially largely, you know, part of that angle as your, your uh, feud of the year. And I got Hangman, or sorry, Angle of the Year, and I got Hangman versus Page in that year-long build to Page winning the belt. And really, it's a, a, an angle that started day one of AEW and has gone on. So I got the Angle and Page uh, as the Angle of the Year. Or yeah, sorry, no, not bad. Omega and like Page the build, the, the build, yeah, yeah, the build, yeah. I got that as yeah. so it's it's just kind of ironic though because we're picking the same thing, so it's sort of, but uh, in different categories. Uh, my angle of the year was the end of All Out and the reveal of Brian Danielson. The lights go out uh, first for uh, for Adam Cole, which was a great line for anyone that watched uh, BTE. Great payoff there. And then they all have you thinking that we're going to just have Adam Cole there. Everyone thought it was going to be Brian and everyone thought, okay, okay, cool. You know, we got Adam Cole. That's really cool. And then we hear flight of the Valkyries and out comes Brian Danielson. Well, and, and I did consider that because that was well done, but I mean, I also considered because I think it was even better done because it was such a shock because we thought he was still under contract. Yeah. Or, you know, had a no complete. And that was when Malachi Black debuted. Yeah. I considered that, that too. He had, yeah, the, the fact that he that he didn't have to 90 days no compete 
and showed up when he did was mind blowing. Yeah. You know? uh, next up is the pay per view of the year. I think this may be a clean sweep. Uh, for me, it's all out. Yeah. I, I just mentioned it. It was just from top to bottom. We're talking about an all time show. It was I actually preferred double or nothing. Oh, okay. And, Joel, are you and... going with all out as well? Yep. Okay. Morn, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just think double or nothing was. Is that your show of the year? Yeah, that's my show of the year. Yeah. Double or nothing. I mean, it it had just for me, I mean, it was like the first time they really had a big crowd back. Yeah. You know, it was in it was in Jacksonville, but they finally had like fifty two hundred people or something like that, about fifty, fifty two, fifty five hundred people. And I just think uh having fans back for the first time and then putting on an event where, you know, where uh Dr. Britt Baker won the title and Jungle Boy won the Battle Royal, and you know Hangman, and uh, or yeah, sorry, uh, Omega and Orange Cassidy and Pac had a, a hell of a triple threat match, and then Stadium Stampede to to cut it all off. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love that show. That's a very good show, Joel. I uh, for me, it's all out. Uh, the the first punk, punk match in seven years, the closing moments of the show. Just and it didn't even have what I thought was going to happen with Hangman and Kenny, and that was perfectly okay. Yeah, the show show flowed well. I the had cage fun match. with it. The cage match, it just it it worked from top to bottom. Next up, we have we go to the big categories now after pay per view of the year match. We have the three competitors of the year. We start off with tag team of the year. Oh, by the way, for show of the year. Last year, I did Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, Joel Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, and Morton, you went with full gear. Uh, last year, it was a clean sweep for the Young Bucks. Joel, who is it this year? It's the Super Kick Party. The Young oh, Bucks. That's my, that's, my, that's my pick as well. Mine too. Okay. It seems like every night that they wrestle, whether it's a pay-per-view or it's Dynamite or whatever it is, it's like you go, that was match of the night. I mean, I was talking about Double or Nothing. That's where they took on Kingston and Moxley. Yeah, I really did not think that, that was, was going to be all that good. No. And it was spectacular. Yeah, of course. You know, they, the, those guys are amazing. The Young Bucks matches always feel special. And I know that there are some people that say they can't wrestle. They don't know how to wrestle. Oh, yes, they do. Oh, oh they, yeah. they, they do it they incredibly. They that in their singles matches with Brian. Like, they, yep. they've done incredible. And I think, like, the way they've changed their gimmick how douchey and sleazy and scumbaggy they are, how they look, how they act is just perfect for them. They're perfect heels. And, and they have the perfect stooge. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Cutler deserves a ton of credit for what Landon. He's... What do you mean? It's Landon. Landon. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> no, seriously, I considered him for best non-wrestling personality because... Yeah. But I thought he, he didn't quite qualify. Uh, honorable mention for me, obviously, I think Lucha Bros deserve their FTR. Yeah. And, and and for WWE side, I had RK Bro because I think as a team, they maybe the matches weren't, you know, the matches were fine, but them as a unit, RK Bro worked very very well. But I to me, that. yeah, that I had debated them. I mean, I don't think they're ahead of Lucha or FTR, but I think they deserve RK Bro deserves an honorable mention for the year that they had. Next up, male wrestler of the year, Martin. Last year, uh, clean sweep for John Moxley, which is really crazy. Yeah, uh, Shingo Takagi. I think if I'm looking for calendar year, 
uh, January through December, 365 days, full year's performance of incredible matches. Uh, you know, without time off, um, I would go with him. He had uh, just right from the, like I say, he had the best match to me in the, in the Tokyo Dome against Jeff Cobb. And right on to this year where he had a, a hell of a match against Akata in the Tokyo Dome one year later. And I know it doesn't quite count because it's a, technically in 2022, but it just shows like what a great year. What an incredible year. It was absolutely a fantastic year. Joel? Uh, it's Brian Danielson. I just, I, I like the shingle how, pit. How long was it he took off? Three months? Four. Yeah. Four. Oh, and that's why I, I but thought it was had, three months or four months. Two WWE matches at the end there, like the Mania match, was really good, and he's the reason why. Yeah. All respect to Edge and Roman, but that match mattered, and the match with Roman before he left was really, really good as well. Brian, and now we see Brian oh. untethered, and but this unchained. is but this is why I said uh, calendar year three hundred sixty-five yeah. days. Not that I'm oh. saying you're making the wrong choice, but I would have gone with Brian if he had wrestled those four months, like he's wrestled since he got to AEW. I, I don't think those four months hurt him personally. I think his, the work that he's done since he's gotten into AEW has been nothing short of incredible of what he's been able to do. And I think for me, that makes him just it, all that more impressive that you forget about those four months. And you just, you've been on a ride with Brian with the Kenny match and the, the Dark Order matches. All those Dark Order matches were great. I had a lot of fun with those. The 60-minute time limit draw with Hangman. He had two... I love his match with Kenny Kingston. That's the best Kingston match that the Bucks I've ever seen. He just... For me, I can... I, I forego those four months just based on his body of work overall for this calendar year. Taking in some of the WWE stuff, but really taking in that WWE stuff. And to me... He is absolutely the wrestler of the year. I, I considered him for most improved because he yeah. is even as great as he was in WWE. He's already even better in AEW, which is crazy. I know. Absolutely so, insane. This award was really hard this year. I don't think there was any slam dunk because there was a lot of sporadic appearances by people, right? We mentioned Osprey. Osprey seemed that he was going to take off and then Osprey got hurt. I would say that Edge. For the most part, everything every time Edge stepped in that ring, he was unbelievable this year. Edge was awesome. True. This year. Uh, but he just didn't wrestle enough. Um, and then I looked at Brian and I was like, man, he just like you kind of said, Morton, it was so close. He just didn't hit the mark I wanted. It was really, really close. It's what it's what if I my logic came down to if I wasn't going to give this, if I wasn't going to, if I was going to give this in the women's division, then my women's division pick was going to be a slam dunk for Sasha. And we'll get to the women's pick in a second. But if I was just going to pick the first four months of the year, I would have been Sasha, not a question. But I'm basing it on the calendar year as well. And I don't think Brian's a, a wrong pick. He was my runner up because he went so banana those final four <laughs> months of the year. And then. Uh, and then those, those last little bit with WWE that he deserves it. I'm going with Kenny Omega just for a shingle was a consideration too, but what Kenny was able to do as the bell collector from start to end and then culminating with that unbelievable match with Hangman, he had a great match, uh, with Christian, 
some of the impact matches that he got to have as, as much as it was then that's why Morton and I were watching impact uh, those pay-per-views yeah. because as bad as those pay-per-views were when Kenny got to wrestle, they were fantastic. Uh, and even though the exploding barbed wire death match, which I did consider for worst of the year, I didn't because the match was good. It's just the ending sucked. Um, but anytime Kenny stepped in the ring, he was fantastic. So Kenny Omega is my wrestler of the year. Yeah, Kenny definitely does. He had a hell of a year. He really did. He, and he, you think about the pain that he was in during that match at Hangman, and he still yeah. had that match. Phenomenal. Kenny, I'm glad he's taking time off because yeah. I just feel like a well-rested Kenny is going to be terrifying. Uh, did either of you guys, just because this is such a big award, did either of you guys have any honorable mentions that I didn't mention? Shingo's definitely was number two for me, and Kenny is definitely there as well. It just what can and I mean you can make the argument you could absolutely make the argument for Kenny because if you look at just the numbers all their pay per views were up for AEW and that that was for a myriad of reasons mm-hmm. but as champion Kenny saw a bump in business for AEW. Morton, do you have any uh, honorable mentions before we move on to the final category? No, I think I think that's uh, I think that really sums it up perfectly. Women of the year. Um, and like I said, I think if you would have done the first four months of this year, it's not a question. It's Sasha Banks, not a question. Um, but we have to do the full year. And for the first year, I think ever that we've done, well, outside of Tessa Blanchard, uh, so second time ever that we've done this, uh, I'm going to go to AW and my woman of the year is Britt Baker. Same. My, mine as well. And the, the thing is, I this should be Bel Air. This this spot absolutely yep. to me should be Bel Air. She should have had risen to such a height and been able to because she's incredibly talented. She should have hit that point to being Woman of the Year, but just mismanagement just killed her. And yeah, her and I Sasha think, and Becky. Uh, I think when you look at it, I think Britt was the one. And the thing is, though, I think based on just seeing that stardom match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, I feel like our picks would be very different if we had access to and watched more stardom. That stardom match was awesome. I keep on hearing that. It was. You watch that and you're like, oh, you think that everything is really good in WWE and and TNA and the wrestling's improved? And it has. And then you watch this and you go, there's a whole other level Mm -hmm. that these women aren't reaching. And, And just phenomenal stuff uh i i i i really wish what they should do is offer like stardom they have stardom world like new japan world i don't want to spend an extra 10 bucks i think they should put in a second tier where for just a few extra yen instead of this full price of having to buy both of them individually you could be at them in a second tier for say half price in uh in new japan world i'd love that that would be, I think they get a lot of business from that. I think they do a lot more business than they're doing individually and actually make more money Yeah, as an individual company. And then I'd start watching a lot of stardom. Yeah. And the thing is, I think a lot, like Noah, I think is going to experience this where they're going to have the New Japan and Noah show. And I think these companies are going to get a little bit more pressure of having knowledgeable English broadcasters come in and be able to do what Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton does and fill in the gaps and give you the translations 
so that you can watch and enjoy it. And I'd love, I'd love to start watching more stardom because that was a lot of fun at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think that I don't want to take away from Brit, but I think that had we watched more of that, I think our picks would be different. But I do think Brit is growing each and every day as a wrestler, growing each day as a someone on the mic. And I think that's really cool to watch and see. And I think Brit is totally deserves- deserving. Totally she's the total deserving. package. Yeah. She's the total package. Yeah. She from the moment, and by the way, last year I picked Sasha, Joel picked Bailey, and Morton, you went with the 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 rare tie because you couldn't pick between Bailey and Sasha's from the year they had, which was totally fair. But with Britt, she's just a total package. You mentioned that double or nothing show there, Martin. Uh, she was over like nothing I've seen before. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about her? So what about over. the night she had in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. She came home. Yeah. That was yeah. incredible. The Thunder Rosa match. Yeah. yeah. The Thunder Rosa match, which could have been considered match of the year. That's a great point there, Joel. I think that's the match where, you know, she was good and she had the DMD stuff and she had the stuff with Shivani. That match was the match that took Brett to the next level. Definitely. And uh, very deserving. I, I, I think when you look at females this year, she stands above all of them. I mean, I would consider if you did the overall total package, female, male, whatever, for rest of the year, Brit would be in consideration of that top spot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So there is the 2021 year in review. As we always do, we end 2020. Uh, we go into the next year for 2022 with some predictions. Now, some of these got deleted, but I have a few that were left over. So I asked, here's a few things that I asked, and I will give you back the answers that we had. Are you guys ready? Okay. So I asked, will AW hit 1.5 million, which I believe it did. Um, am I right, right in that it did hit 1.5 at one point, right? I feel like it hit 1.4. I feel like it didn't quite get to 1.5. Okay. So uh, for 1.5, I said yes, Joel said yes, and Martin, you said no. Okay. Uh, I asked for It CM definitely Punk... got really, it was definitely in that range. Right. Uh, I asked for CM Punk return. It was a clean sweep no. <laughs> I asked, would Ronda Rousey return? I said no. Morton said no. Joel said yes. Well, I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, I asked, would Cody go back in his word and win the world title? I said no. Joel said no. Morton said no. I asked, would Dave Batista be in any wrestling company this year? It was a clean sweep of no. I asked if Stone Cold would wrestle this year. It's a clean sweep of no. I asked if there would be a major flip-flop of talent going around. We all said maybe. <laughs> little did we know little do we know i asked who's most likely to be world champion for wwe by year's end joel braun Strowman, morton braun Strowman, josh bray wyatt good job guys <laughs> uh for women's champion for wwe we all said becky lynch for AEW. Uh, men's champion at the end of the year. Morton said Kenny Omega. Josh said Kenny Omega. Joel, Heyman Page. Mm. Futurist Paul Joel. Yes, for AW champion at the end of the year, I said Sheeta. Morton said Sheeta. Joel, Britt Baker. 
So two for two on the champion side of things, Joel. Damn right. Yes. Uh, for the Royal Rumble winner uh, for that year as we went in, and we changed our Royal Rumble as it came closer, but Joel said Bailey. We all said Bailey on that. Uh, and then I asked, would Christian return to the ring? Uh, and we all said no. Three weeks later, Christian returned to the ring. <laughs> so we're really good at that. All right. Um, these are time for the 2022 predictions side of things. And I will go back to the Ronda question. Will Ronda wrestle in 2022? No. No. Okay. I'm going to say yes this year. I feel like she's had, well, it depends if she, she had her kid, right? I don't know. I think she had her kid. Yeah. Yeah. She had her kid. So uh, I will say, I will say yes. Will AW hit 2 million at one point this year? No, no. I'm going to say no. Will SmackDown or Raw hit 5 million this year? No. The highest they did last year for a SmackDown was 4.8. No. Okay. Will Stone Cold wrestle at a Saudi show this year? No. Okay. Will Hulk Hogan wrestle at a Saudi show or a WWE pay-per-view this year? He's going to turn into dust if he stepped into a ring. All that would be left is the bandana and the mustache. No way. I Don't get me wrong. I think that's more likely than Austin. Yeah. I could see him in a tag match where he just comes in, throws a couple of, of punches and tags out, throws a clothesline, tags out, you know, type of tag deal. But uh, seems so unlikely. Will Ric Flair appear in any wrestling promotion this year? Yes. Yes. I say yes as well, unfortunately. What a bitter old man. Mm-hmm. Will <laughs> WWE work with TNA Impact? Apparently. Well, and apparently they hired Petey Williams as a producer. That's right. This was January 6th that this story broke. Interesting. Um, I remember that. Here's an an interesting one as we we wind down here. Will Scott Steiner wrestle in a WWE ring at any point this year? No. I think yes. I think yes as well. I think yes. Will CM Punk or Brian Danielson be AEW champion by the end of the year? Maybe. Yes. yes. Will William Regal wrestle this year? No. No. I'm going to say yes. Will Samoa Joe wrestle this year? Yes. yes. I'm going to say yes as well. Will Samoa Joe retire this year? No. Yes. And finally, at the end of the year, well, I got two more last, but this is the last two. At the end of the year, will Roman Reigns still be W uh, Universal Champion? Yes. I'm going to say yes also. Joel? Yeah. Now, will he, do you mean will he hold it the calendar year? He'll hold it just the calendar it? year. He will not relent the title once. Yeah, I still think yes. Yes, I, I do too. Um. Just because I don't see anybody who would give it to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it built up to the point where, you know. Will Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, enter a WWE, not to wrestle, but will he be in a WWE ring at any point this year? 
No. If he didn't do it last year, when there was COVID and movies were shut down and everything, mm -hmm. then it seems unlikely. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. Will Braun Breaker be a WWE champion by the end of the year? And I'm including IC or US champion. Yes. Yes. How many AEW champions will be at the end of the year versus world men's champions? So two. last year we had what? We had two this year, right? Mox yeah. and Kenny. Uh, I guess we had three. No, no, we had just Kenny and Heyman. So you're saying three, Joel? Yeah, I'm saying three. I also give say me your, three. Give me your three. Uh, I think it goes Hangman. I think it goes MJF. And then it goes Brian or Punk, depending on where they want to go. Morton? <laughs> that seems like it's pretty obviously this, uh, the, the same, but uh, I, think, I think it goes, jeez, uh, I really think it goes Hangman, Punk, Omega. And my final question, will Okada wrestle an AEW this year? I still think the pandemic will keep it from happening. Yeah, right. I think okay. we're waiting, but that coin will drop. And that is it, folks. We will see you on the other side. Thank you to Martin and Joel for another great year. Thanks for listening to One Fall. And until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the year. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.